This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR. R-A-Z-O-R. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome to Puckcast with Statsman and AJ, Rotowire's hockey podcast show. I'm Paul Bruno, your Statsman. You can follow me at Statsman22, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, AJ Scholes, who's a great follower at AJ Scholes24. We're coming at you today with our second regular season show and uh aj i noticed that you're predicting outcomes for a lot of the games and are off to a white hot start what goes into your calls on all these games man yeah right now i'm sitting at uh 44 and 26 uh and i take a couple things into consideration starting first and foremost with the goalie matchup you know this is such a key to any game you know figuring out is this goalie hot is it cold do you have the backup coming in on on the back half of a back-to-back um, and then, of course, you got to look at past performance, you know, what, which team's home, which team's away. You know, home ice advantage is certainly a thing. Um, and then, admittedly, I probably get a little homer on, on some of these picks. I haven't picked against the Penguins yet, and I'll be honest, I probably won't. Oh, my God. And you're still rocking a record over 600 winning percentage. Well, you know, I, I don't have a problem picking against the Leafs, but maybe that's because of lots of practice of seeing them lose. So I know that they're not going to win all their games for sure. And, uh, I, I don't hesitate to go against my home club, so uh, maybe I should throw that in. You can get, we can get you up over, over 800 winning, winning percentage if we straighten that part up. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've picked the Leafs a couple times. I, I haven't, uh, haven't completely uh, ignored them. They're, they have just some, some real good talent there. Well, let, we'll get into that in a bit, but I know that we're both excited about the fact that our listeners are contributing some questions, and we got a real good one today, I think. So why don't you fire that one up, and we'll talk about it a bit. Yeah, we definitely encourage people to, to tweet questions out at us. Uh, got a good one last night from at not the QB. He says, uh, hey, 
Uh, love the podcast. My goalies are terrible in my keeper league. Can you think of any I can pick up that have a good future? Well, in terms of future, there's, there's situations around the league where there's two goalie circumstances where there's no clear-cut number one. I look at Detroit with Morazic and Howard. I look at uh, the Boston situation's a bit murky right now with Tuka Rask injured, and you got Malcolm Subban, who was called up. He's a top prospect in their, their circumstance. He's probably going to get a shot, too, because even their backup, Anton Kudobin, is sidelined. And uh, those are a couple of, of situations off the top of my head. And you wonder if uh, if things shake out in, in one of those circumstances or, say, the Dallas one, for instance, where the two vets are there, if they trade one, then then both of them get to probably higher ranked in the goalie go, fantasy goalie circumstances because they'd be candidates for 55 to 60 games instead of the current 40 or 45 split. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I really like uh, Connor Hellyabuck uh, from the Jets. He may or may not be available. And then one uh, maybe sleeper pick, maybe not, is uh, you've got uh, Vasilevsky down there in Tampa. Uh, for for our, our listener here, if, uh, you know, if they went Bishop in, in his league, Vasilevsky might still be available. Uh, whether or not his futures in, in Tampa Bay is still up, uh, up for debate, but definitely going to be um, a solid netminder of the future. Yeah, I think in, in that circumstance, it, it, the, the cap situation in uh, Tampa is going to probably dictate the fact that Vasilevsky is their guy, goalie of the future, because Bishop is the guy that has the high ticket there. And, and so that might be the, the way to go of all the situations that we talked about, AJ, because I think Tampa is, is in a bit of a salary cap squeeze. Uh, I, I'd keep an eye on that circumstance primarily. Uh, it's a very good team, and, and if Vasilevsky does make the grade, he's in line for... Uh, uh, nice increase in, at the wins window and, and in the playing time. So that might be the best circumstance of all that we've defined. And with that, there's uh, a, a ton of roster news around the league that we want to get to because things are still shaking out in the first two weeks of the season. So we'll focus on that until we see some stability here. And uh, so we'll do our, our roster sweep. We'll begin with Anaheim, AJ, where the Hampus-Lindholm situation is still playing itself out. Rumor has it that the, the Leafs and the Ducks are scouting each other. And, and these teams have dealt with one another a lot over the last few years. So I think where there's smoke here, there might be fire. And we have to note and remind our listeners that there's a rule that uh, restricted free agents must be signed by December 1st to play uh, in the postseason this year and so uh, I think I think that's a concern that that the the Ducks will have to address very very soon I think we're going to see a move here one way or another AJ and uh, I I think they're going to sign him I think when push comes to to shove they got to sign him but their issue is cap related and, and that could have a trickle down effect to a guy like a Cam Fowler I think yeah Cam Fowler is definitely the linchpin here um, as long as he continues to play at, at the same level he has so far, uh, three goals and two assists already this season, they can kind of let Lindholm stay in Sweden. Um, you know, if, if Fowler does well, maybe maybe your Leafs take a look at Fowler instead of trying to get Lindholm or vice versa. Um, but yeah, it's all going to be a matter of how well Cam Fowler keeps playing. And then, you know, there's a head-scratching situation in Arizona where Dylan Strom is uh, relegated to either fourth-line duty or a seat in the press box. That's, I don't think that's a great idea for a talent like this. I mean, he 
dominated the OHL uh, in the last couple of years, right along there with Mitch Marner, and we see what a prime assignment he's got in Toronto. These teams mirror each other in terms of the rebuild stages, but they're not treating their their jewels as uh, the crown jewels as as they probably should in Arizona. I don't think this is great, this is great for his development. Uh, where do you chime in here? What do you do with Dylan Strom, AJ? You got to send him back down if you're not going to use him. I, I think he can be helpful. I think he can you know be a good player on this team. Um, but if they're not going to use him or stick, you know, bury him on the fourth line, send him back to the, the juniors for another year. I think he's still eligible and, you know, get him some playing time. Let him go be that that leader on that team and develop further. Well, and you know what? We made a few loony bets in the preseason uh, prognostications. And the first one's coming your way. The Canadian loony going to you for the call on Mike Smith. This guy's injury prone. You called it. And right now he's on the shelf. That means that Louis Domingue gets the job to hold the fort. And I don't know how long term this is, but uh, I don't like seeing Smith go down in the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, that doesn't bode well for a team that I, I thought was going to be upwardly mobile in the standings. He's going to be backed by veteran Justin Peters, a guy who's a career backup. So the bright light will shine on, shine on Deming. They'll, they'll hope that he can hold the fort. He had a good good run last year with Arizona in that role, but uh, I'm disappointed for Mike Smith fans and owners. Yeah, it's it's an unfortunate situation. Um, sounds like he avoided some uh, a more serious injury. They're, they're classifying as week to week which I suppose is better than month to month. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when Deming's 0-4 already uh, with a 5.03 goals against average, uh, he's not boosting my confidence, uh, not that I had any to begin with. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not looking good in Arizona. No, so maybe you shy away from that goaltending situation until they, the team in front of them starts to play a little bit. And we have another goalie situation that, that might be more of a concern, uh, more impactful, because this is a team that we both thought was going to do well this year. That's the Boston Bruins with Tuka Rask. Now, this doesn't look like a long-term situation, but there's no end in sight here for, for Rask uh, in terms of the sideline situation. We can't see it on any of our injury list links. And that gives an opportunity to a, a kid named Malcolm Subban. Yes, he is the brother of PK out there in Nashville. And uh, maybe there's a, 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 Suter, a Sutter-esque dynasty growing here with the Subban family because there's three of them that are, are at least on the verge of, of making the league, in a, two of them in addition to PK. Malcolm is one of them in goal. And he, he may get the shot as early as their next game because Anton Kudobin injured himself at practice yesterday, and he's the guy that's been the backup all year long. Yeah, we'll f- hopefully find out more about uh, Kudobin and what that injury was. They, they weren't real clear after practice. Um, you know, but I, I would have some confidence in, in Malcolm Subban if he's been peppered by that uh, that PK shot for how many years as a kid. I have to imagine he's faced his share fair number of hard uh, hard slap shots from his uh, his brother. Exactly, and you know we might be answering that goalie question right off the top here because there's a third situation involving goalies here that that's changed, and that's uh, in Buffalo with Robin Lehner down with an illness. That gives Linus Oldmark and Andrew Nelson a, a shot at the role, and uh, at least short term. And I know Nelson had uh, an opportunity in Edmonton to strut his stuff, and I didn't mind him uh, out there. And he's in a better situation in Buffalo, so I'd like to see him get a, a bit of a role here going if Laner's out long term, and uh, even if he is out short term. You want to find out what you got in the backup circumstance. Oldmark probably the goalie of the future there, so it'll be interesting to see which way they lean in the next week or so. Yeah, uh, Nilsson gets that, that first start in the blue and gold there in Buffalo. Um, you know, I, I think he'll get his shot as the number one. 
Um, but I don't know that long term it's it's going to be there in, in in Buffalo. I agree with you that that Omar's probably the the goalie of the future there. And one more goalie situation in Calgary, where, where first we're going to talk about the Plum first line assignment. Though uh, Alex Chason has climbed to the top of the charts on the on the on the wing. Uh, beside Monaghan and Gaudreau and gets that assignment. Matthew Tuchuk has been relegated to the bench, uh, as you found, and, and I wonder if Chason is the right fit there on that first line. This guy looks to me like more of a plugger type, uh, a rugged type. Maybe he'll open up some ice for these guys, but I don't expect big points from him, but he should see a bit, bit of a spike if he stays there for a bit. Yeah, I'm not sure why they moved Chris Versteeg uh, down to the second line. Uh, I thought he was doing well up yeah. there. Maybe they're hoping to get Chase on, you know, first line minutes, maybe get him excited, get him jump started a little bit. But I agree with you. I'm not not sold on that move. And, you know, the thing about moving Versteeg to the left side is, uh, as you mentioned, it pushes to Chuck down to the uh, the bench there. And this is another young player that, you know, if they're not going to use him, send him down, in my opinion. Uh, let him, you know, let him keep developing and, and get better. Yeah, I don't really focus on the, on some of the rookies until after the 10-game mark when you really know that they're going to be up for the rest of the season. I had thought that they had committed to a guy like Tuchuk, and maybe the same thing applies to Strom. So we'll have to wait another week or so to see if these guys stay in the NHL. But uh, there's a whole host of rookies out there that are doing very, very well this season, and, and it's going to be quite a race for the Calder, I think. Uh, in Calgary, we've seen Dougie Hamilton not start off the season uh, the way I expected. This is a guy I had penciled in for 40-plus points. They have a few guys capable of that in Calgary, but he really has uh, been left behind a little bit and, and is, uh, is trailing a little bit in, in terms of uh, where we expected him to go. Do you expect him to turn it around? I don't know. You know, the corresponding drop in production, you've seen a drop in minutes. Um, he peaked uh, at about 23 minutes. And then, uh, you know, just last night only got closer to 16 minutes in ice time. So they're they're clearly not um, they're not giving him the same number of opportunities. They, they appear to be going in a different direction as he continues to struggle. And uh, speaking of struggling, we both noted that Brian Elliott is not looking very good over there in Calgary. They, they uh, projected him as a guy who would be uh, one of those 60 games played types. Uh, he shared the role in St. Louis, obviously, but his uh, former partner, Jake Allen, says not to worry. Do you believe him? I don't. You know, he did have a, a better game last night, uh, got that first win finally, but through four games he's already allowed 16 goals to find the back of the net uh you know the as i mentioned earlier in the season the the issue for calgary is that chad johnson's not going to compete for for starter minutes um over elliot you know he's honestly not much better <laughs> to yeah. just be frank about it uh you know his last game he let in five uh, so yeah, it's it's not looking good in in that in Calgary. Yeah, I think that's tied though to the loose defense that they're playing, and Hamilton certainly a big part of that. I think once they get straightened, that straightened away, I'd still believe in Elliott. I'm, I've got him stashed in my one of my keeper leagues, and I think he is going to turn it around there. Contrary to your opinion, I want to get that loony back. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, Carolina with uh, Jeff Skinner. It's nice to see that he started the season playing like I remember him in his rookie season but and he's ticketed for first line left wing minutes do you think he can stay there I mean he's dealing with a bit of a day-to-day injury situation right now yeah I definitely do um you know that this is another kind of team where I don't really see a lot of depth behind him uh so I think he almost has to be the guy 
you know, they'll, they'll slot Nordstrom up. I think if he, if he can't go and Tara Vinen's a, a capable second line, um, second line player, but I think Jeff Skinner is kind of their has to be their, their top guy. Uh, if they're going to do anything this year. And over in Chicago, I saw Brian Campbell have a big game against my Maple Leafs on Saturday night. This guy is a, is in his late 30s, but boy, he still has a lot of offensive skill, and he glides around that ice. Reminds you of a of a Paul Coffey-type skating style. I know that that might irk you to hear that as a Pittsburgh fan, <laughs> but uh, that's the way I see Campbell, and I think if he's allowed to play in that St. Chicago system, particularly getting first-pairing minutes, he could really see a, a bonanza in terms of a spike in his uh, point totals paired with Duncan Keith can he can he continue at this pace do you think I think he can and I was looking back at some past seasons and he hasn't missed a game in the last five years um, has played every single game all five years including the the lockout shortened uh, 12 13 season and so you know he's he's durable he puts up between you know 25 30 points a year um, had a 53-point year at one point. So this guy just seems to be able to do it again and again. You have to imagine at 37, eventually he'll hit a wall somewhere, but it doesn't look like it's going to be this year. Yeah, that's the way I feel, too. And you get to play with all that talent and skill on the power plays. Uh, that could really boost his point total, something that I didn't forecast and, and could be a really good value play if you can snag him in your free agent pools right now. Uh, speaking of defense, the Colorado situation... Uh, there, you know, this is a team. When you start looking at the names on this blue line, they don't jump out at you, AJ. But if you start to look at the real profiles that these guys have, even their third line pairing of Patrick Weirkoch and Fedor Tutin, these guys are pretty good puck carriers on the third pairing. I think that's a real luxury in Colorado. Absolutely, and, and Weirkoch is actually leading all their blue liners um, in the Mile High City with points. Uh, he's got five points through five games. And, and that puts him tied with some of their offensive scores, like Nathan McKinnon and Matt Duchesne. Yeah, at, uh, that's something to keep an eye on. And if you're looking for defensive points, you might find them in, in uh, Colorado. I really like Aaron, Eric Johnson there, former high draft pick who really starts. He score, goes nuts for a while in a few weeks. And, and if you can get him on that scoring tear, that'd be really a, a, something that we've seen a pattern with him. Uh, it'd be nice to jump on that. I've had that opportunity a couple of times. Uh, in Dallas... Uh, there's a slew of injuries among the veterans forwards here a bit of a concern for me when I looked at the beginning of the season I thought this team is loaded for bear but who knew that they would have as many as five or six guys already out of the lineup right now with Jason Spezza joining the injury list if that continues I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on the the goalie uh, the management to look at the goalie tandem and say you know what we got a lot of money and uh, an opportunity tied here to, to get rid of either Niemi or Lettinen to alleviate some of the pressure on the, on the injury situation up front. If that continues to be the case, I think the, the trade happens sooner rather than later, AJ. They've definitely got to do something to, to get whatever bad, bad karma, bad juju they have there in Dallas. Um, you look at the guys they have on IR, and it's Eakin, Hemsky, Hoodler, Janmark, and Sharp. Uh, these guys combined for 204 points last year, and that doesn't include, as you mentioned, Eves and Spezza, who are both questionable for tonight. It's it's got maybe it's something in the water. I don't know what's going on in Dallas there, but yeah, they they may have to, as you mentioned, get rid of uh, a goalie just to get 
bodies on the ice. And so, uh, and so, JJ, in terms of the daily game, you have to look at situations like that to be aware of, of what the teams are facing. So maybe the opposing goalie in the da- Dallas game tonight gets gets a bit of a bump in, in uh, value. And so that, that might be a way to go for, for uh, daily fantasy owners. So be aware of those circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great call, Paul. Um, you know, normally uh, heading into the season would not have advised taking the the goalie playing against Dallas, given all their offensive uh, power there. But yeah, that's a great call. So when uh, uh, it seems like a goalie theme here, because the next note that I have that I want to run by you is Jimmy Howard. Talk about money being spent in, in Detroit, too. That's a circumstance where they got a ton of money tied up in him. And I thought he was on his way out. But in two games played, he's allowed a total of one goal against. And so he's back in the fray and giving Mrazic a run for his money there. So I don't really expect him to continue this. And I think he's a guy who who is ticketed for a lot of tra- tra- talk around the trade deadline. But for now, he's, he's giving you good return for the money, uh, whether you spent it or not. But certainly in, in fantasy play, a viable option for a Detroit team that's still going to be a factor, I think, in that division. He's certainly muddied the waters there. I mean, heading into the season, it, it looked like Howard was you know going to be traded, going to be let go. Mrazic was the clear number one there heading into the, you know, everything we heard heading into the season. But yeah, Howard, uh, not ready to leave, uh, you know, putting up some some solid numbers um, and definitely has has made things interesting there, which, uh, you know, for our listeners there, I'll throw another plug for the, the goalie grid that we have confirming the starters. You know, this is one where it could be back and forth. You might not know night to night if it's going to be Mrazic or Howard. So definitely check out that starting goalie grid and, and make sure that uh, who you have in your lineup is is the one that's going to play. Absolutely. Uh, you and I are two of a bunch of guys that take a look at the daily lineups and we try to get the most current information based on a number of different sources. So don't go any further than the RotoWire website. We got it all looked after for you, for you fantasy players in the daily game, even season long. And uh, with that, we got a note also in Detroit that a guy that I really like, one of their flashy forwards, is back on the first line. That's Gustav Nyquist. If he continues to get first line minutes, this is a guy who gets 30 goals this year, AJ, uh, and and, uh, you might not have ticketed that for him if you were basing it on the preseason profile. But if he gets those first line minutes, I think the power play revolves around him and he's going to rack up some big points there. Um, Another guy who might get a bump in point scoring is Kyle Rao. He gets a shot at the Panthers' second line or at least top six role in the left side due to injuries to Jonathan Huberdeau and now Juicy Okunen joins him on the sidelines. Yeah, I'm not sold on on Rao quite yet. Uh, I want to see a little bit more. Um, I will mention uh, I want to see, you know, what uh, sort of impact Riley Smith can have. It's been kind of a disappointing start to the year for him, just one assist through the first five games. Um, But I think if if they're going to maintain and and hold on while those, uh, you know, while Jokinen and uh, Huberdeau are out, I think Riley Smith is really going to have to step up. And a guy who gets a chance to step up in L.A. is Dwight King, playing first-line left wing with Kopitar and Toffoli. That's a really good assignment for King. He's been a guy who's, who's had some experience as a top six, six winger. So this one caught my eye, and I wonder if you feel the same way there. I think it's going to be a revolving door on the left-hand side. I mean, we've highlighted so far this season Dustin Brown as being on that top line, Tanner Pearson as a candidate for that top line, and now Dwight King. Uh, so it sounds like the only set thing is, you know, Kopitar in center. And it looks like Toffoli on the right wing until Gabrick comes back. But, yeah, it looks like it might be a revolving door. Um, so definitely something to watch out for. 
you know, if you're going to utilize any one of those three guys, make sure that they're getting those top line minutes, at least heading into the game. Exactly. And speaking of a revolving door, has there been more of a revolving door in net anywhere around the league than in Los Angeles? Now it looks like Jeff Zadkoff has joined uh, joined uh, Jonathan Quick on the sidelines. That might open things up for a guy who has been buried in their system, and that's Jack Campbell. Uh, he's a guy who might play uh, play off of Peter Budai, who is a career backup, but I'd like to see them give Campbell a shot to see if he can re- uh, live up to the billing that he had as a junior star. He's kind of been a forgotten man there in Los Angeles. Yeah, if the season starts to go south at any point, I think they will give it over to Jack Campbell. Uh, you know, Budai's been solid the first three games, uh, you know, two wins in his first two starts there. But uh, yeah, if the season starts going south, you're not going to rely on Budai just because he is 34 years old. You got to see what you have in the future. Um, so with those other guys out and nothing to play for, then I think you go Jack Campbell all the way. And then uh, we go on to Minnesota. Looks like there's an interesting circumstance cropping up there on the blue line with Matthew Dumba finally shaking the third line role that he's had right out of camp and now he's getting the fir- first line pairing so that that's what I've been waiting for this is a guy they've been grooming as their eventual power play quarterback he's going to see some time there on the top unit as well I think so this this is one that again caught my eye a real big change in Minnesota they've also shaken up the forward lines because they realize now that in Derek Stahl they they look like they got the Eric Stahl about four or five years ago he's he's looking great in the top six there working with Nita Ryder and Cole Coyle going forward that's a line that has tons of size and tons of skill Minnesota all, all of a sudden has got a few things going their way yeah I like the the Dumba move uh I think they need to make him on you know swap him out for Scandella on on the power play you know there hasn't been a whole lot of production out of out of Scandella so far this year um and he's a not to mention he's a minus six already through five games so yeah give the youngster a shot let him play on the power play um you know and and let's see what happens and in Montreal we saw last night Alec, uh, this uh, Alexander Radulov play, he replaces uh, Andre Markov on the power play. We're going to see that Markov's value on this club will be limited the rest of the season. I'm going to make that call loud and clear. He lost a step defensively and he looked like a bit of a revolving door in the second half, but now even though he, he's even coming off the power play, so that really means a loss of value there, but the offset is that Radulov sparked the sparked the team with a three-point effort last night and looks like he's money well spent on a five million dollar one-year contract the Canadians took a chance on him but the Canadians are built to win now and and Radulov's profile he's not a 20-year-old player he's mature he's got some experience around this league and in the KHL I think he's going to be a big surprise contributor for Montreal and uh, factored in last night to give you a sense for what he's capable of I agree I think Markov has has lost a step a little bit but that's kind of what you expect out of a a 37-year-old player Um, but don't I fantasy owners out there don't just uh you know uh ditch him right away you know he has only missed uh two games over the last three seasons has put up 40 plus points in all three of those seasons so i don't think we've seen the last of markov on the power play um and i i expect him to still produce you know from the blue line oh i think we got a bet on that one too then we'll chalk (laughs) but i gotta have a board a chalkboard here to keep track of how many bets we make because we made a few and uh, somebody's going to be buying somebody a, a wobbly pup in Vegas next year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, Nashville, we got a plum assignment uh, update on their first line left wing. Victor Arvidsson started off the season well with three goals and one helper playing with Johansson and Neal. 
uh, Kevin Fiala is now on the second line. Uh, do you think this is a long-term swap, or do you think Fiala is going to get another look? No, I, th- I think they'll both uh, get looks. I-, I see him kind of moving them in and out, going with the hot hand. Uh, actually, the both of those guys scored two goals apiece against the Penguins on Saturday. Could have done without that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I see them both getting a, a ton of work, um, but I'd also like to see Fiala get some more time on the power play. Uh, it's an area that I think he excelled in in Milwaukee, and I, I think he can do so again for uh, for the Predators. And another team that's offensively challenged coming into the season might have a different look if the, the line combination of Pavel Zaka, uh, Taylor Hall, and Kyle Palmieri works out on the first line in New Jersey. Zajac moves down to fortify a second line, a second or third line along with Henrik. They got pretty good depth at center all of a sudden if Zaka works out, but that's a big if at the moment still for me. Yeah, they had to do something with shuffling these lines about. Um, they're, they're averaging just 1.6 goals a game. And, you know, this, the New Jersey style is to play close fought one goal games and let your goaltender win them for you. Um, but 1.6 goals per game is not you know, doing Corey Schneider any favors. Um, so yeah, they had to switch it up. I, I do want to see PA Parento back on that top line. I think he can really excel for them, but you know, I, I understand shuffling it up when you're not seeing any success. I love the call on Parento. I got to look at him last season in a Toronto uniform. And I I'm reminded of the fact that he's only a couple of years removed from being one of the better playmaking centers in the NHL. This guy, when he got the puck on his stick, he, he really has good vision, a good hockey IQ. I'd like to see him in a better role. And, and that uh, if they don't, they're wasting some talent there, in my opinion. And a team that's really wasting some talent is, is the Islanders. This is a team that year after year, I find a way to say they're, they're a head-scratching outfit. They lost a couple of key guys in free agency. Now they're carrying three goalies again for the second season in a row. Uh, J.F. Barube is in the press box. But on the roster, behind Halak and, and Grice, I'm not sure what their thinking is there. I know they carried him in the press box all year long last year, though, and I don't get it. The only reason I can think of to do this is to give uh, the 23-year-old Christopher Gibson uh, the starting job down in, down in the AHL with Bridgeport. Uh, he's 2-0 and down there with a, a 1.5 goals against average. So maybe by keeping you know Barub up uh, with the club, it, it allows Gibson to you know he's the starter not have to worry about somebody looking over his shoulder and you know the islanders are relatively healthy right now um so i guess that's the luxury you have of, of keeping a third goalie Jeez, I, I think I got to throw some more numbers at you. You're, I call myself the stats man. You're the one with all the stats this week. That's good for you, man. Uh, the Rangers, Jimmy VC, looking like the real deal. He's moved all the way up to the first line uh, across from Rick Nash, another guy who got promoted, the veteran, not so much a surprise as, as the rookie. Uh, I'm not sure if this, these guys both stay up there for now, but uh, are you impressed with what you've seen out of VC? I sure am. Yeah, I am too. I know I, I kind of railed on him a little bit in the in the off season, but uh, you know the other night uh, he put two in on Braden Holpe. He better frame those, put them somewhere special, because <laughs> it's not too many guys that uh, tally a pair on Braden Holpe in the same night. Exactly. And in Ottawa, there's another team that has uh, really fortified themselves at center. Jean Gabriel Peugeot 
uh, gives the the Senators a, a neat look as a third potential offensively minded center, uh, a luxury. Uh, but they look a little thin on the wings, so maybe they got to convert one of these centers over to the wing to fortify that aspect of the team. This is a team that uh, that curiously built. Uh, the, I had scratched my head when they picked up Fanuf last year. I didn't really see him fitting in on a team that I I don't think they're built to win now. So why would you? sign a guy who has such a big contract but Peugeot gives me some hope on the on the forward lines that maybe they're going to find a strike a different balance there it's interesting to see the impact of where he's going to wind up to me yeah I like that call moving some of those centers over I think Derek Broussard could play on the wing as well um, if they if they have some other guys they can work in there uh, I, I do think kind of the biggest uh, sign that they're having some struggles on the wings is their power play third worst in the in the nhl and conversion rate right now at 7.1 percent and just one goal on 14 opportunities uh it's clear that eric carlson is not going to be able to do it alone there in ottawa so you know if they're if they're tanking for the future or or trying to build for now and just not successful like you said it's it's not really clear what the what the goal is in ottawa right now well, and now we should have a, almost a drum roll in here because I know you've been waiting for this moment. It looks like Sidney Crosby might be making an appearance tonight. You're rocking the Pittsburgh home jersey to, uh, to do this show today, so you're excited. I'm going to let you take it away and tell me what's happening in Pittsburgh. Yeah, the biggest sign of Crosby's return is they had him at practice yesterday, got rid of the, no, uh, the non-contact jersey, had him uh, taken uh, practice with the top power play unit, and you don't have a guy slot in on your top power play unit for the drill if he's not going to play, in my opinion. So that's the biggest sign to me that Crosby's in. We'll get into it a little bit later when we talk about our, our FanDuel lineups, but I've, I will throw out there already, I've got him slotted in on my FanDuel lineup for tonight. I'll be checking back to our the Rotowire injury page, but I, I think Sid's ready to go. Well, and with that, we're going to jump down to the, some injury-related news. There's a few more players' news and notes that are out there, but we've given you a taste of how, how to go about finding that information. Look through Rotowire's uh, depth charts to get, get a handle on where players are playing, uh, just as we have highlighted here today. Some of the names on the, on the injury list, though, cause some concerns. If we look at Chicago, they've got some issues on the blue line again with their depth. Uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Andre, Andrew Desjardins look like they're sideline long-term. This has got to have an impact in Chicago, not just on the team, but maybe on the goaltender specifically. I would agree, but I think Brian Campbell so far has been able to step up. Um, he's pairing well with Duncan Keith right now. You know, Kempe and, and Roosevelt have been a little leaky, so maybe you see the, the top four there, um, see a, a, a minute up uptick until some of those other you know until some of those other guys can get back and we talked about the Spezza circumstance in Dallas so we'll uh, we'll skip that one and go to Detroit where Justin Advocator is out with an undisclosed injury this is significant because he's one of the few big men on this team that is uh, in the lineup and uh, just like his predecessor, Johan Franz, and it seems like they can't take care of their big men. It's really imperative that they get this guy back in the lineup, in my opinion. He's such a key, particularly on the power play, but also his top six presence as one of the lone big men in this roster. Yeah, he might not uh, match up for, for size necessarily, but uh, Gustav Nyquist, as, as you highlighted earlier, has stepped up uh, you know, on the, on the score sheet and definitely seems to be filling in for Abdicator for now. 
Um, I think the biggest concern about Ablicator being out is that it pushes Steve Ott into the lineup. Um, he's just red flag, red flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if they can get Ablicator back, put Ott back on the bench where, in my opinion, he belongs. Um, I, I think they'll be good to go. And uh, in Philadelphia, they've had to shuffle things around offensively with Michael Raffle expected to miss up to two weeks with an abdominal injury. They've got a lot of talent on the, on the top six possibilities, and Raffle was part of that mix. So if you bought into him, you're going to take a bit of a hit over the next little while. But who might we look at to, to pull up their socks there in Philadelphia, AJ? I think it's Jakob Voracek. Uh, he's already been, been tallying a, a, a good number of points, got another goal last night. Uh, eight points, three of which came on the power play. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's kind of my go-to guy uh, with, with Raffle out. Well, I'm going to add a, a younger name, Travis Konechny. This guy has uh, slotted in, and he shined, got picked up two assists in his, in his debut on the 14th of October. So I look for this guy to maybe get a look-see uh, top prospect. We've also already talked about Ivan Provorov on the blue line, but Konechny might be the equivalent on the forward ranks to, to help them out of this uh, short-term jam that they face. So again, take advantage of the short-term opportunity to evaluate a player with uh, young skill, young uh, size and skill, talent and age, and it's, a, it's a, an interesting situation for him to see how he, he debuts over there. So with that, we'll, we'll jump, jump again back to your team for a moment and talk about the blue line issues with uh, Chris Letang and, and Derek Pouliot banged up on the blue line. They can't afford to have these guys missing, AJ. No, definitely not. Uh, Pouliot, he's kind of been a healthy scratch a couple of times. I'm not real concerned about him being out. Um, but Letang is he's not replaceable, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. But what they are going to do is you're going to see Trevor Daly on both the power play and that top line. You know, uh, Latang saw a pretty big jump in minutes during in the playoffs when when Daly went down, and now Daly's seeing the same thing. Uh, the last couple of nights been around 23, 25 minutes uh, per game. So expect uh, big things out of Daly, or at least big minutes out of Daly. Whether or not he can convert those into scoring opportunities will, will remains to be seen. And then when I look at the St. Louis situation, AJ, and I think they're missing. Uh, Dimitri Yaskin and Yuri Laterra, two guys that might compete for top, top six minutes around the league, they barely skip a beat uh, because St. Louis may be the deepest team in the league offensively. Absolutely agree. Um, they're one player that has been struggling uh, at the start of the season. David Perron went absolutely off uh, on Saturday night, got three goals and picked up an assist for a four-point night after getting completely blanked in the previous five games. So if he's back, that, that just gives him that much more depth if he's back in scoring. And then another team that's out there in the Western Conference that's really got me surprised is Vancouver. They're off to a really good start, but they're dealing with a couple of key injuries, I think, in Alex Burroughs and Chris Tanev. Uh, Burroughs is a, quite honestly a disturber who has an offensive touch off in, uh, in the fr- front ranks. And Tanev's the guy they spend a lot of money on, and they're expecting him to be first-line blue-liner. Maybe this is the the tip of the iceberg that uh, that uh, starts Vancouver on a slide the other way but I'm surprised with the way they're playing so far absolutely they they're my surprise team of the season so far and and I agree having uh missing a guy like Tanev could really uh, set them back a little bit it's going to put Nikita Trampkin into a lineup uh definitely a, a younger untested player but I, I think he can hold up you know, they'll, they'll have to insulate him a little bit, you know, maybe not get him right off to 20, 22 minutes a night, ease him into it. But I, I think he can hold on. 
um, until he comes back. But long term, I, I do have some concerns about whether this team can keep this hot start going. And I think I share the same thing with the Winnipeg Jets to close out our look around the league. Brian Little is down uh, with an injury that has him out potentially for a long term. And, and they need a second line center because all, we're all impressed with Mark Scheifele and the development, the steps that he's looking like he's taking in a breakout season, along with Patrick Laine, the fabulous rookie out there, and Drew Stafford and, or Blake Wheeler on the other side. But they need a second line center to insulate those guys. And that was supposed to be Brian Little's job. If he's not there, this team's going to be in trouble. Yeah, you're going to see Matthew Peralt be the guy that slots in there. Whether or not he can you know, live up to, to expectations remains to be seen. I'm not convinced that he's a top six player. I see him better fitting on, on the third or fourth line. You know, Through the last three games, when he's been asked to be on that second line, he's, he's a minus three, no points, uh, just seven shots on goal. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe he can turn it around a little bit, but I, I would be hoping you know, maybe for some help at some point, if, if little is going to be out for, for too long or, or hopefully just ride out the storm until little gets back. Well, we've talked a lot of hockey and we will talk a lot of hockey on podcast, obviously, but we have to give a nod to our friends at FanDuel who uh, want us to talk a little bit about the football season that's underway in the NFL. Uh, so we'll remind fans, uh, fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday. FanDuel, where fantasy football is there for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week. No busted seasons, folks. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. New this year, there's an upgraded experience where you get even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only. Settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head contest. Try a 50-50 deal where the top half win cash. Play in larger tournaments for even more excitement. Play, play even for as little as for a dollar. There's choices for every budget, AJ. And uh, with for me, FanDuel was a key fill-in this past week because it was a bye week that came and went for my team, the Cowboys. It's always the one week where I get to park my intensity as a loyal fan and just watch for fun. So I got to watch this week dispassionately. And I got to admit, I laughed out loud when I was watching the Cards and Seahawks kickers give hope to kickers everywhere. Yeah, well, I don't understand why ties are still a thing in the NFL. Just these guys, are, they're grown men. They can keep playing until somebody scores. Uh, it's just it boggles my mind that in, in this day and age, when, when other sports are doing what they can to eliminate ties, you know, you've got the, the eight-hour baseball games that go into 14 innings. You've got the shootout in hockey to prevent that. Um, so I just don't understand why the NFL allows ties to still happen. Do you think this might be a circumstance where the, the kickers conspired? Maybe they had money on the game. Oh, I don't want to start any, I don't want to start any <laughs> rumors. They probably didn't. They're just shaking in their boots to make sure they're not getting cut today after their poor performances on, Sunday, on Monday night there, or Sunday night, rather. Uh, and other games that caught my eye, the Steelers actually threw a scare into the Patriots. I was surprised about that outcome, weren't you? Uh, not necessarily. They do have enough offensive talent, I, I feel like, to make even a mediocre QB look good. That's why when they have Big Ben, they look great. Um, so I, I think they'll be okay. I think they ran into a buzzsaw so far in, in, in the Pats and Tom Brady, but I think they'll be fine this next week. One team that I, I was surprised how they stumble is the Buffalo Bills against Miami Dolphins. Sometimes when you get a divisional matchup, the underdog team comes up and bites you, and that's exactly what happened in this case because I guess the Bills finally remembered that they're a Rob Ryan coach defense, and they played like it, giving up an astonishing 200-plus yards in the running game to the Miami offense. 
Yeah, the, that D line probably still has Jay Ajayi's uh, footprints on their on their helmets <laughs> and their pads. He just ran rough shot over him, two hundred and fourteen yards. Just uh, just a disappointing outing for a team that's supposed to be a defensive powerhouse. And any else, anything else that caught your eye, AJ? Yeah, the one thing I've uh, been surprised about is is how Jacksonville continues to be this bad. Uh, you know, I, I feel like the last couple of seasons, start of the year, we talk about the talent they've got there. You know, Bortles, TJ Yeldon, Allen Robinson, even defensively, you got Ramsey and Fowler. Yet somehow this team just manages to be bad. I, I don't know what's going on there. They might be the Edmonton Oilers of the NFL. That's what I think. One one year they're going to get it right. All these high draft picks going to pay off, and they're going to run all over the league, I think. <laughs> could be. Could be. So, Hopefully sooner rather than later for some of my Jags fans out there. So uh, we, we, in our daily fantasy pods for the football on the football side i work on them three days a week with a couple of different guys in the rotowire stable we highlight players that we like every week and we encourage you to listen to those dfs pods and we also invite people to play in the rotowire championship by going to fanduel.com slash our rotowire hyphen championship uh, have all the fantasy football has to offer fanduel be sports rich folks there's a special offer right now for new users get a free six-month rotowire subscription with a ten dollar deposit on fanduel go to fanduel.com slash rw not only will you get free subscription but you'll have that ten bucks available to play with on fanduel that's over forty dollars in value for just ten dollars go to fanduel.com slash rw all right aj it's time for us to build our rosters for the tuesday night games i know that i rocked a fabulous lineup last tuesday when i did this so i'm hoping that i can repeat and i know you did well as well so we'll give some good names here and reasons why let's start with your centers buddy yeah so i kind of mentioned this uh, at the start of the show uh, i'm gonna shell out for sid the kid tonight eighty two hundred dollars i know if you go on fanduel right now he's showing up as out um, and he is but I'm, I'm confident that after the morning skate, uh, the game day skate, that they're going to clear him. Uh, I just I feel like uh, with them having him on the power play yesterday at practice, uh, it's a good sign that he's going to be ready to go. But as I mentioned, I'll be checking back uh, to Rotowire frequently, checking out the injury update page, the fantasy news, uh, breaking news section, just to make sure that he's going to be in. Uh, and then my other center, I'm going to go with Ryan O'Reilly. I like the matchup against Philadelphia. He's uh, just 6,100. And the Flyers, I think I've got some serious concerns about the goaltending there. So he, he's definitely, um, I'm stacking against Philadelphia, which won't be a surprise to too many of our listeners who know I'm a Penguins fan. <laughs> I think that's got Homer call written all over it. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, in, the, in the middle of the two picks that you made. I'm finding Anze Kopitar for $7,300. To me, AJ, this is a guy who's one of the top centers in the league, maybe uh, a little bit of his defensive influence creeps in here to undervalue him, I think. But don't forget, this guy is a frontline player on the offensive side of the puck as well, and I think a great value for 7300 bucks. And I feel the same way about Tyler Johnson. He gets a pretty good matchup coming to Toronto. He's only 5900 bucks, and he's only a year and a half removed from being one of the leading scorers in the NHL. People forget that on a team where certainly Steven Stamkos gets all the ink when you're talking about centers, but don't sleep on Johnson and his second line mates who have been together for a long time. I think they take advantage of a young team in Toronto tonight and the focus where, where it'll be in, on the Leafs will be on Stamkos. Maybe Johnson sneaks in there and picks up a few points for you. AJ, four wingers that you have to come up with for tonight's schedule. Yeah, so I'm going to stack a little bit against Calgary. Um, Brian Elliott uh, just coming off the game last night, probably going to go with Chad Johnson tonight. 
is my guess. Um, so I'm going to shell out for Tarasenko at 7,900. A little expensive, but but just a great talent, fantastic player, should get some goals in. Uh, and then I'm also going to go with David Perron at, at 5,000. Yes, he just has the one good game, but I think that'll be the boost that, that gins him. I'm not expecting another four-point night, but uh, you know he could definitely do something. And then I'm going to go... I'm going to go Scott Wilson at 3,600. This is my value play, and this comes out of Crosby playing. If Crosby doesn't play, I'm going to ditch Wilson. Um, but he's so, he probably sounds like he's going to be on the top line with Sid, so I think he can get some points tonight. And then uh, my last uh, my last guy, again, another stack or another matchup situation. I'm going to go with uh, line A for 5,000. I'm, I'm not sold on the Dallas goaltenders. Uh, that that split has me concerned. Plus, with all the other injuries, I think they're going to struggle to to stop uh, some of the offensive talent they have uh, with the Jets. I really like that last call of line. I think this is a spot where he could excel this evening. Um, uh, my wingers of choice, I'm going to stick with a bit of a Tampa stack against my Leafs. You see, I can pick against my team, AJ. I'm going to go with Jonathan Drouin for 5700 bucks. This is a guy who showed well late last season. We're going to get a close look at him in Toronto for the first time to see what kind of skills he has. I, I know they're considerable, and I think this is a matchup where he preys on a suspect Leaf blue line for $5,700. Good value there. We spoke earlier of Tyler Toffoli and his first line role in Los Angeles. I think that uh, people must be on the on the East Coast making these prices today. Toffoli at 5,500 looks like a steal. We've both spoken of Gustav Nyquist on the first line in Detroit. That's $5,500 more that I think will be well spent. And then one name that we didn't talk about was David Pasternak, who is all of a sudden back on the first line in Boston playing with Marshawn and Bergeron. That's a great spot for him. This guy's a pure sniper, and for $5,200, Looks like a great value to me on the, uh, to round out that unit. Your two defensemen of choice tonight. So I'm going power play heavy with the defensemen. I'm not necessarily shelling out for some of the big big name guys, but guys that'll get power play minutes. Uh, I'm going to go with Gustabear. Uh, the ghost uh, is only 5,800, and I, I think he can do some good things. Uh, I'm not sold on on Buffalo's goaltender tonight, uh, Nilsson. So I, I think he can get some goals. And then I'm also going to go with Ristolainen in that, ma- in that game as well for 4,900. I mentioned last week, top, uh, going back to the well on this one, he's a, a top blue liner, plays on the power play, and again, not sold on those Flyers goalies. Yeah, I think that looks like a fantastic value at this, in this game. 4900 bucks. anytime you can get a first-line defenseman who's power play quarterback, you've got to jump all over that. I'm kind of doing that with my picks, too, but they're a little more expensive. Drew Doughty in Los Angeles speaks for himself, uh, Norris Trophy candidate every year because he plays it at both ends of the rink, and he's a stud on the power play, logs lots of minutes, plays with the best players up front. In, in tandem and then Mike Green is a guy who's been elevated to that role once again in Detroit reprising what he did in Washington his whole career and he's there going to be their go-to guy at 5200 bucks another screaming hot value in goal for you I've got uh, Carter Hutton gonna fill in for for St. Louis um, and you know fill in for Jake Allen there and last week I had to had to switch things up uh, when we did this but this week, I'm going with an already confirmed goalie, so I don't have to make any last-minute changes. 
Um, I think he can get the win. The Flames are struggling, and he's a little bit uh, cheaper than some of those top options at 8400 Well, and I think you can substitute Peter Mrazek for me, $8,600, and exactly what you said applies. He plays against a relatively soft opponent at home. I think he gets the nod in a, in a two-goalie system that you've got to watch for. Howard's played well, but I think this is Mrazek's turn, and if he gets the shot, I think this is a good value play for, for him and the Red Wings to, to go victorious over the Hurricanes tonight. So with that, we will jump down to our stud and rant of the week. We got a couple of good ones, I think, this week. I made my stud call before the NHL came out with the three stars of the week, so I don't want anybody listening saying, oh, Statsman just picked Cam Talbot because of that. I had it picked. <laughs> as soon as he came out of that week, I said, this guy's off to a 5-1 and one start and giving the Oilers the kind of goaltending that they really need all of a sudden, Edmonton's at the top of the Western Conference, AJ. Nobody saw this coming. His save percentage might be considered somewhat ordinary at 919, and goals against is 2.75. But the key for me is how Edmonton's played in their last three games with him and net, allowing a total of three goals against, including the shutout in that outdoor game. The Oilers may be finally making a uh, turn toward upward trajectory in my mind, buoyed as much by his solid goaltending as the offensive exploits of McDavid and company. If they can continue to work this, this, uh, the two aspects together, I think Talbot has a great shot to uh, be one of the league's leading goalers a- at the end of the season, and uh, they'll be among the biggest surprise stories in the NHL if they can keep this up in, in short, AJ. Yeah, I, I may not have said that they were going to be the, the winners of this division, um, but I think if you go back and listen to the, the early podcast, you'll see I did predict the Oilers to be a, a playoff team. Uh, they've got so much young talent. They're going to be hard to beat. And I, I agree. I think they could seriously compete for the Pacific Division title. And you see, finally, after getting all those first overall picks and top first round picks, it had to go right. I mean, even a blind squirrel has to find an acorn once in a while, I think. <laughs> so this might be the year for Edmonton to, to finally show that there, the, there is some upside to all those picks after some years of disappointment. But the rant of the week is a timely one for me, AJ. I, I look at the outdoor games. And I say, let's not cheapen this experience. I liked it better when we had one game per year. Now we're getting the the stadium series. It's no longer special to me. I mean, I used to tune in and watch all the pregame coverage. I stuck with the postgame coverage uh, because of the fact that they were so infrequent, these games. It was a real spectacle. I'd feel different if there was only one game a year, but catching so many of these games uh, on the airwaves, it really is watering down the product, in my opinion. I mean, I also have a great experience from, from to recount from the, the Leafs-Wings game at the Big House. Of course, I was happy with the outcome, but the players must have looked like ants for the upper, from the upper reaches of the stadium. That's what friends of mine told me who were there. They, these other friends, they moved down, actually, for the shootout. They wanted a better view. Well, boy, were they stymied when they realized they get into the 10th row and they shoot a video, uh, and it looks like you're going uh, shoot. They must have been at, at the board's level because you couldn't see any of the players from the waist down. So if you were there, you didn't even see the puck in the shootout. And that's why it's a much better spectacle on TV as well, something that's not lost on me. But I want to know where you stand on the outdoor game situation. I love the outdoor games, Paul. Uh, they, but, you know, I, I think it's because... When I think of the outdoor games, I think of that Buffalo-Pittsburgh game in the snow. Um, And I don't know if there's ever been an NHL game that has more embodied the pure experience of growing up, playing pond hockey as a kid. And so it might be a little bit of nostalgia there. And certainly the rest of the games haven't lived up to the same level of hype. I still look forward to each of these games 
Um, but I, I do have to agree with you. I've, I've personally only watched them on TV, haven't been to one in person, and I certainly understand your concerns about the uh, in, in-person experience for well, fans. Well, I've told you, I, I, off the camera, I've told you that uh, I am declining the opportunity to see the Leafs game for much the same reason. I know it's going to get great coverage on TV. I don't want to go there and freeze my butt off and not be a guaranteed of a great view of the ice from where my vantage point might be. So I'm quite happy to watch it on television. And I really look forward to the day that they realize maybe they should do this once a year. Treat it like the, kind of, the Super Bowl, uh, if you will, in season. And uh, anyway, we're going we're gonna to look at our format going forward. And we appreciate the questions and suggestions that are coming our way. But I think it's important that we stick with the roster look that we gave you this week for maybe another week. And then we're going to sprinkle in even guests. Uh, you can look, look forward to that in coming weeks. People that have uh, done some good literary work. It's, it's uh, book, uh, book launch season here in, in the Great White North. And a few good ones have come out. Friends of mine have authored them. I'm going to have them on our show in the next few weeks, AJ. Something more for our listeners to look forward to. But uh, uh, thanks to you again for the great work and the numbers that you threw out today, as well as the social media efforts to get our name out there. And uh, we'll remind our listeners that uh, you're a great follow at AJ Scholes 24 And you can follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22. That's it for this week. We ask you to look out for our hockey pod every week. That's Podcast with Statsman and AJ. So you get all the latest news and our tips and stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy contest. So long, everybody. So you own your own business. Got small ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Got medium ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Who has medium ambitions? You got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need. Total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.